You're listening to The Omni Show, where we connect with the amazing community surrounding The Omni Group's award-winning products. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we talk to the director of the ARC Center of Excellence for Nanoscale Biophotonics in Australia, Professor Mark Hutchinson. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Omni Show. My name is Andrew J. Mason, and today we have Mark Hutchinson. He's a professor within the Adelaide Medical School and is the director of the ARC Center of Excellence for Nanoscale Biophotonics in Australia. He's also the president of Science and Technology Australia. Mark, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, uh, joining you today from Ghana lands, traditional owners of the land on which I am today here in Australia. Beautiful. And well, my goodness, we're looking at your career track and what a whirlwind it's been so far. You've got a degree in 98, another 99, your doctorate's in medicine in 2004, and it's just the very beginning. So first of all, let's talk about what is the Center for Nanoscale Biophotonics? And second, how does somebody end up as the director there? Yeah, so the Centre for Nanoscale Biophotonics is one of Australia's premier funding schemes um, via the Centres of Excellence scheme. There's over 200 scientists across the country that I'm responsible for, challenging them to do amazing things with their science fundamentally, but then scarily getting them to actually use their science in the real world. And that's not normally the case. Usually we go, let's make a discovery Let's publish it and put it out there for our colleagues to read about it. And it tends to sit on the bookshelf. Uh, and so the Australian government mandated we do something different. We have to actually use this amazing science to help people, help the taxpayers who are funding it. Uh, and so our technology is now out in the real world and using a, sort of the, the approach that I call rather than bench to bookshelf, we're taking bench to boardroom science to really translate these technologies out into the real world. And our tech is sitting in brain surgery, making sure that gliomas can be resected more effectively, literally seeing beyond the end of the, the suction needle through to the same technology sitting in a good old Australian abattoir, assessing how good the meat is going at line speed past the sensor to be sold to hopefully some international restaurant plates around the world. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm, I'm just nerdy enough to love talking about it. Just a rabbit hole here for a little while. So uh, I love the brain surgery example. I can almost see it's like road signs, you know, warning of you with, of, of what's ahead. What else is latest, greatest and cutting edge that you see is kind of on the bleeding edge of future possibility here with this technology? Yeah, so the brain surgery angle is really fascinating. You know, neurosurgeons need tools to be able to work out where the blood vessels are that perhaps don't show up on the scans. And so this new technology is literally the world's smallest microscope in a needle that is measuring the blood flow beyond the end of the needle. We have programs in my laboratory, for example, where we're objectively measuring the colour of pain, which sounds sort of crazy, but we're using multiple shades of light to literally have a blood test for pain so that a child who doesn't have language yet, an aged person who is perhaps dementing, or you and I that are in a hospital unconscious, we could actually one day make a measurement of pain. And that's all using this fascinating interaction of light matter uh, in the biology to make that diagnosis. Very similar technologies we've got for the first time to be able to objectively determine which embryo should be used in IVF for parents to have future humans and giving that embryo the greatest chance of a successful pregnancy, right through to is this plaque that is within a blood vessel going to lead to a heart attack or not, or is it in fact, in inverted commas, a safe plaque that we don't need to worry about as much. 
And so all of this comes from amazing quantum physicists, engineers, theoreticians, having conversations and actually working alongside biomedical, clinical scientists like myself to actually do something with that amazing technology. So 200 scientists sitting around a table in Australia, often with a beer, having great conversations is where the great ideas happen. And that's kept me excited for the last eight years. It's so funny to me. I think to myself, how does this guy not wake up excited each morning at the uh, spectrum of possibility? You know, it's a balance between being super excited and the center actually gave me one year Tigger, a toy Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, because I am that excitable bouncing around kind of guy. The piece though that comes with that, obviously, is I have my own laboratory. I'm a father of two children. I have a life partner, Amanda, who's also an academic in clinical psychology. So we are an academic family. It's pretty crazy, multidimensional life that I'm living. So in this multidimensional life, how does one come across the Omni Group? Was it just OmniFocus from the very beginning? Uh, Was there other software involved? Talk to me about that. So when I got your amazing invitation to speak on your brilliant show, um, (laughs) I actually went back and did the email search to work out when did I first engage. And I do remember who it was. It was Dr. Jeremy Reynolds, who was a colleague with me at University of Colorado Boulder, where I did my postdoc. And Jeremy had been talking about his crazy life that he was leading and this amazing software that, in inverted commas, he said, This is brilliant. I didn't hear that excitement from Jeremy very often. So I immediately, in May 24th, 2008, I went and downloaded the 14-day free trial. But I have to tell you, Andrew, I didn't get it because I was using OmniFocus and it's kind of like, for me, it was driving the car without the instruction manual. I had no GTD around me at all. And so I dumped it straight away. It was too complicated. I couldn't get into it. And then... In 2009, I had a huge 110,000-word review paper that I, I was tasked to write. And of course, in the depths of trying to run life, I decided, why not reorganize my life and work out how to do all the management? So I got into GTD. I read the book, and it was like my name was on the page. It was exactly the problem. And then I suddenly realized, light bulb moment, that's what OmniFocus is. And so I paired the two of those. And soon after that, I became the evangelist for GTD and OmniFocus. And going back through my emails from 2009, everybody was getting the email. You've got to try this app. You've got to try this book. And since then, the iOS apps came out. I've always had it. And I've listened to your show and I've heard about how other people use this. I'm all in. There is not an element of my life which is not quantified tagged, noted, transferred into Omni, because for me, I did not realize until I actually transferred my working memory over to OmniFocus, how much of my cognitive task load was actually keeping memory balls in the air. At the end of the day, yes, I'm a scientist, but at the end of the day, I'm also a creative thinker. And if I don't have that cognitive reserve to be able to undertake that complex thinking, I'm stuffed. So I need to be able to have as much of that cognitive reserve as possible. And in all honesty, OmniFocus provides me that in space. Now, just a few seconds ago, you used the phrase all in. Does all in mean professional or does that mean personal areas of your life as well? Everything is in there. 
So I have all my council bills, my reminders to pay the rates, the electricity. Whenever I make a purchase that I need for my tax to claim the tax back on, the email comes in and it immediately goes into the tax component tax flag on Omni. At the moment, I've got seven PhD graduate students uh, working with me. They each have their own tag. And so anything related to them, I'm in there noting them. I'm tasked with before COVID. I was on the road upwards of 100 to 120 days a year. All flight details, all speaking arrangements were in there so that every single trip had its own little project. I was able to then quickly just double check, where am I going today? Yes, it's in my calendar. Yes, it's in my other trip things. But all those details, all the other emails around that are in there so that I have that reservoir of knowledge. Well said. And I want to speak to both sides of our audience. I know that we have a very real segment slice of our audience that they're power users, they're on board with even the slightest incremental change that really just helps them do that much better. And then I think there's people that maybe they haven't even you know, used OmniFocus before and they're, they're thinking, okay, well, <laughs> it must be great for him, <laughs> but how does, how does somebody keep all of those lists? That's crazy. Uh, I've seen both sides. It makes me think of David Allen's quote where he says, you know, if you think it's difficult having these lists, <laughs> try not having them and, and living the life that you're living. But let's jump into review. You know, capturing is just one slice of that process. What does the review segment review process look like in your system? So for me, getting things into Omni is super simple. Most things are going in direct from my inbox using the OmniSync straight in with the email forward. That's how it works for me. Yes, there are things that as I'm driving home from work, I tell my S person on my iPhone, hey, remind me to do this, please. And boom, it automatically goes in. So I'm always capturing. I admit I am a terrible, terrible reviewer. I have not gained the discipline to regularly go through the entire list. Now, I'll stand up on the podium and say, I, Mark, I am a terrible, terrible reviewer. Having said that, I'm a terrible reviewer who sits down and looks at everything in one massive slab. I don't do that. But what I do do very regularly is I go through defined elements of, for example, let me look at my manuscripts that are in preparation. Where are we up to? I have plenty of reminders that come in and say, hey, this is a follow-up. Let's do it now. So for me, I don't enjoy at all going from the top to the bottom on that two-weekly, one-monthly, six-monthly review going, oh, my goodness, what have I said yes to? Rather, what I have is I know on all of my projects I set up And perhaps it is reviewing and I've just changed the name so it's more comfortable with me. Um, My cognitive dissonance is lowered. But I regularly go through and get reminded, hey, this hasn't moved forward. What are you doing next? What's that next action? Who's holding it up? Am I responsible for this? And I think that's what works for me. The one thing I don't like about OmniFocus is the number of button clicks it takes for me to do the review for a specific item. I wish it was just click, 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 bang, bang, bang. And I know there's a process there. I know I'm supposed to be integrating this and and really reflecting, but it's just too much for me, unfortunately, to do it in one sitting. 
Yeah, and no, and not at all, and, and no shame there at all, because it makes me think of B.J. Fogg's Tiny Habits book, where he talks about making the habit doable, you know, floss one tooth instead of the whole mouth if you want to start small. And th this idea of having a clean and current review every single week that's thorough, uh, you know what, some people, and I totally get it as, you know, as a parent, like, <laughs> sometimes you can only do the low-level review here and there as you have time for it. Sometimes I think instead of a whole shower, you can just, you know, scrub down an arm <laughs> for the system. And, and that's, you know, some is better than none. And that's a good thing. Totally. Let's go back to that person, though, that looks at all these lists or maybe hasn't even opened OmniFocus before. And they take a look at this thing and they say, my gosh, there's buttons. There's an inspector. What do I do? Where do I go? What kind of advice do you give that person? For me, the first thing that I tell people that they're amazed by is the ability to take something from the inbox and shoot it straight into the task, into the inbox of Omni for actually prioritizing and placing in and around projects. That, if you set the very first thing, set that up. Get that ease of a keystroke, text expander, simple snippet, whatever it takes. Get those things so it's easy to go from email to Omni. The other thing that then that starts allowed me to do and, and other things that people I speak to enjoy is setting up some of the context around people who are important to them so that when you're in that meeting with that person or you're having that coffee with a person, you can quickly just look up and say, I was thinking about this person. What were the things that I wanted to talk to them about? And so that's not, hey, last time we talked about X, Y, and Z, have you done this? No, it's rather, you know, I was thinking about you the other day and there was this really interesting book and I immediately thought of you and here it is. There was this thing, you borrowed my ladder, you borrowed my X, Y, and Z. Could I get that back now, please? That also goes in there. So that's another one that I've found is really cool. And the, and the final one that I never thought that I would use, I thought it was a bit gimmicky, but actually the location, GPS tagging of locations to remind me when I'm in a place. Now, I don't use that for the logical things. In Australia, we have this wonderful hardware store called Bunnings, which is kind of like your Home Depot, but comes with sausages for sale out the front. And I love just walking through Bunnings. There's always something around the house or some cool tool. And, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a fun time to be had there. But I also walk away from Bunnings never buying the things that I should have bought. So I have my Bunnings list of I need this particular screw or I need this particular paintbrush or whatever it is. And then I also have my Costco version of that as well because that's the shopping list. So those are things that either I'm driving past and ping, it says, hey, you're nearby here if you want to stop. Yeah, I do today because I do know I need that. Those are some simple things that make it fun. And I guess for me, I got into early on in 2009, I tried to shine the tool that is Omni too much rather than using the tool. It's getting that balance between having a nice, shiny, new tech piece of an app that looks brilliant and, and is super tidied versus actually using it in the Australian lingo, using it in anger. Now, OmniFocus for me is partially polished, but heavily used. And I think that's the best tool to have. This question is always fun, and I love asking it. Is there any role for automation in your system? You know, some people, they have uh, magically complex scripts that run their lives, and if the scripts grind to a halt, then their life falls apart. <laughs> and other people, you know what? It's as simple as a, a repeating task or repeating project, and it helps them do things and not have to rethink of things twice. Any use for automation in your OmniFocus system? 
Yeah, so for me, the automation is not within OmniFocus itself. I use Text Expander a lot, and I actually have my Omni automation within Text Expander. So, for example, I get asked to do a bunch of manuscript reviews for peer reviewing of science. When that comes in, I accept it online, and then I get the email saying, hey, this is due in 14 days. So I then flick that immediately into OmniFocus, and then I have a text expander, which allows me to say, today's date, it's due in 14 days. Uh, and so that sets the due date for me. It immediately classifies the task within my manuscript reviewing projects, and then there's a little note section there as well that I can add as well. And that's all within a, a text expander um, piece. I found that the easiest way to do it. I honestly haven't delved into and perhaps time anxiety of I don't know how to do this right now to actually automate all of that within Omni. But I look forward to the day when I have a few minutes to sit down and see somebody else's excellent examples of automation to then adopt theirs. <laughs> uh, I'll raise my hand here too. Uh, I'm a keyboard maestro person. Uh, I, you know, I love the idea of learning JavaScript. It, I'm not a coder. I'm not going to pretend to be. But I love leveraging the intelligence of others for stuff that they've already created. And it's really cool to see what our community's created. As you've learned from other people and seen other workflows in action, is there anything about your particular OmniFocus setup that you, you look at this and you say, this is unique to me. I haven't seen this anywhere else. Some people have a particular way of doing work or tagging things or setting up their workflow, and I've never seen this done anywhere else. You know, I thought hard about this, and I think I'm pretty vanilla. I don't think there's much in here that really others aren't already doing. For me... Perhaps I use the tag of the person more. I really like this later version of OmniFocus where you can have multiple tags so that I can then have those multiple previously contexts. That really changed it up for me. I use forecast a lot. And yes, I'm absolutely guilty for seeing how many things I've said that I'll do today and they get bumped seven days. Uh, you know, that's classic. But probably if people looked at my Omni, they'd say just, whoa, how do you why have you got so much in here? Why have you got life and work in here? And for me, I treat it as an extension of my hippocampus. So it's my memory reserve. If Omni went down for me, I would be in deep doo-doo. Ditto. I mean, there's this, it works better than your actual long-term memory because you can pull up exact day and date of something being created. One last question. Didn't have it on the script, but curious about perspectives. Do you have any custom perspectives set up to help you do what you do better? Yeah, totally. So I do use the perspectives for the different elements of my work. So when I'm sitting within my lab group meeting, I have all of the things relevant for my lab group, the neuroimmunopharmacology group. When I'm then sitting with the Center for Nanoscale Biophotonics, I have a specific perspective just for CNBP activities. In my new role as president of Science and Technology Australia, I now have a STA board perspective just so I can stay focused there. Because uh, if I just looked at straight up total Omni as a whole, I would be distracted. Uh, I'd go, oh, shiny thing, let's go there. And I'd not be listening to my colleagues appropriately. So I absolutely do refine the amount of information that I present to myself intentionally so that I remain focused on the here and now on that particular task. 
that's gold. I wish I could do more in those perspectives, but what I have right now works and I really do refine that available information as much as possible. Mark, we are so grateful to be able to have you as a guest on the show. We uh, just consider it such a huge honor, especially with how valuable your time is. Uh, How can folks connect with you and all the different things that you're up to? Yeah, fantastic. So hang out with me on Twitter, Prof Hutchinson on Twitter. I'm always keen to connect with people around the world. Usually it's talking about pain research or drug development or nanoscale biophotonics, but I love to do some more discussions about project management, omnifocus stuff out there. So that's probably the best way. And then if you're interested in what's happening in science in Australia, check out Science and Technology Australia, the peak science body that represents 90,000 scientists and technologists around Australia in both academia and industry. That's my latest passion. In addition to my day job at the University of Adelaide, STA, there's great things coming out of Australia when we take science from the bookshelf to the boardroom. Dr. Mark, thank you so much for your time. We, it's been amazing having you and having this conversation. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's been brilliant. Hey, and thank all of you for listening today, too. As always, you can drop us a line at The Omni Show on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also find out everything that's happening with The Omni Group at omnigroup.com slash blog. 